0: The following audio is from the King's Chapel in Clifton, Virginia. For more information about our church or to listen to more sermons from this series, you can visit us online at thekingschapel.org. Good morning, dear family. It- Thank you so much. If we were, were in the Marine Corps, and, and I'm a little bit in that mode because I just we just got back from seeing Elijah Roberts, our uh, PF Excuse me, Private First Class Elijah Roberts, graduate from the School of Infantry down at Camp Lejeune, and he's now part of the First Battalion, Second Marines. So, uh, it was re- truly wonderful to see him. But it, it reminded me, and it fits perfectly into as we continue in the Gospel of Mark in the 13th chapter, and we look at what does it mean to be alert, to be watchful. Uh, And I want to set the stage as we're at the crescendo of this hectic week that is going to culminate in the trial, the crucifixion, the death, and the resurrection. But picture this week in Jerusalem as it is overflowing and people are coming together. In Mark 13, we're going to start in verse 28. We'll go through the end of the chapter. We are two days before the Passover event. And what we've seen is divisions and we've seen racial tensions. We've seen an oppressing armor. We've, uh, army take over a nation We've seen people uh, pushing and prodding to be the first for both financial and political gains. We've seen the people marginalized. We've seen people take advantage of others. Kind of sounds like today, doesn't it, a little bit? And one of the sad things, we've also seen Jesus point out that there's a group of individuals that we'll call them moralists. They're called Sadducees. And they studied the scripture of their time and even spoken from the pulpit of their day. But they spoke of just moral side. Hey, be a good person. This is what what you should do. But the saddest part is they spoke with no power. For the Sadducees were sad, you see, because they did not believe in the resurrection. They did not believe in the resurrection. And they said, this is it. Be a good person. Hey, you die, and that's it. You had another side, the Pharisees coming about, and they were, quote, legalistic. Hey, do all these things, and you'll be accepted by God. Maybe we hear that from pulpits. But instead, Jesus Christ comes, and here's who we're going to focus as we read through. And he gives us and tells us the only way to worship, to love God, is in spirit and truth. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for being here today. We pray that your words would come forth with life, with encouragement. Dear God, I pray that we would not be frenetic, but we would be focused. For you are a loving and faithful and caring dad who wants nothing better for his children. Amen. Now, as Jesus goes through, like a good, loving person, he warns the people, and Mark, he did such a great description of this, of one, the immediate impending doom for this city that looked like, hey, everything's gone right. Less than a generation will pass before ultimate destruction. But he also warned of a further event as well. And that further warning was for us, so that we would not lose heart, we would not grow faint-hearted when everything looks like, "Oh my goodness, there's chaos in the world." I love the part where Jesus says, "Do not lose heart. Be of good cheer, for I am with you." And that is what we'll what we'll share today. Before we read through, um, going back and spend a little time with Elijah, I was reminded when uh, a long time ago, myself and so many other guys who are going to come visit us today that somehow I'm, we met up in pickleball, of all things. But we were warfighting instructors together. Uh, can you all shift back to the late 90s? Okay, who here was actually born in the 90s? Okay, or alive, alive in the 90s, I, I must say. So sorry, so half of you all won't get this. But in your history books, you can read about this. <laughs> Fall of Berlin, the wall comes down. Hey, guess what? We're a unipower. Everything's going to be grateful, peace. Well, Brian, why are you still training people to be young lieutenants, young infantry officers? And we did not realize at that time that we were training them, and those were the young boys who were going to lead our kids, lead our teams into Iraq. They'd be the future battalion commanders. And as we're investing in them, I looked over, Saw these, such young kids with Elijah this Thursday. Some of the best of the best. I saw parents beaming with joy. And I prayed, dear Lord, please keep these young men safe. But they're being prepared. They're being trained. And they're being looked after by great men. Elijah joined the 2nd Marine Division that was same division I started out when I, when I had hair and I was a, a young, young Marine. And um, their motto is, follow me. Someone that we follow said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Let's read in Mark chapter 13. Now learn from this parable from the, pig tree, from the fig tree. When its branch has become tender and put forth its leaves you know that summer's near. You also, when you see these things happening, know that it is near at the doors. Assuredly, I said to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by, will by no means pass away. But of that day and hour, no one knows. Not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Take heed, watch and pray, for you do not know when the time is. It's like a man who goes into a four country. And he leaves his house, and he gave authority to his servants, each one to do his work, and he commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is returning, in the evening, midnight, whenever, the crowing of the rooster, or of the morning, lest suddenly... He find you sleeping. And I say to you, I say to all, watch. This word watch is two different Greek words here. The first one was to be alert, to look after. The word, when he talks about it, take heed. Take heed means to use your eyeballs, to see. Take heed, be watch, look out, and pray. For you do not know when these challenging times will come in your life. This is a challenge for all of us. You know, um, one of the Marine Corps general orders, the, the 11th one, and I, and I was going to call in some of these young uh, Marines who are not as young as they used to be, who are with us, but I'll just tell it to y'all. It says, to be especially watchful at night and during the time of challenging, To be especially watchful, that's where we'll stop at. What does it mean to be watchful as Jesus commanded us? And I don't think it's to be panicked. I don't think it's the concept of being just so worried that guess what, you cannot accomplish what he's called us to do. See, that would be the opposite of what he's called us. So if we could have a chance and uh, Pastor Milton, I'm stealing from him a little bit. He loves acrostics. So we're going to do an acrostic alert, please. So for the A, I want you to think of this. Accept. Accept. And there's two things we're going to focus for. One, accepting that who Jesus is, who he said he was. This is so critical that we grab our foundation, not in ourselves, but in Christ and what he has done it's the opposite of everything that the world tells us the world says you're good enough you can do it yourself you don't need anyone until it tells you the second lie you're nothing you're worthless you can't do anything you ever heard that whisper from both sides and you're like wait up are you're, you're telling me I can do everything on my own and I, I can't do anything those are both lies this is what Jesus says But God, and we're going to go to Ephesians 2.4. And we've shadowed everything of this message in the acrostic in the book of Ephesians because it's the warrior's epistle. I appreciate uh, the Holy Spirit grabbing and letting, uh, you know, letting already read from that today to line up with the scriptures. But in Ephesians 2.4, he says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were Dead in trespasses, he made us alive together in Christ. For by grace you have been saved. I'm going to bounce a little bit and we'll go back to verse 8. But do you realize we didn't need just a, a breath or a resuscitation? It wasn't just that I was okay. It, I was dead in trespassing sins. Dead. I couldn't do anything. But instead, God, in his wonder, in his richness, in his love for us, because he cared us, he designed us for relationships, he would sacrifice all so that he could restore that relationship. And in that restorative relationship where we accept him for who he said he was, who he said he is, we can now have the life abundantly we can now be the people that he's called us to be. And we can walk forward in strength. But I would ask us, please do not be lied to by that first thing that says, look at what I did. It says in verse 2, 8 through 10, for it's by grace you have been saved, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Dr. Earl Morey, we have an amazing spirit, spiritual lineage here for generations going forth and you see many of them amongst your myths that's all the Jeskies Dr. Omori was Melanie's dad and he would come up here and say grace another crossing it's God's riches at Christ's expense and it was by grace that you and I have been saved and why not of works lest any man should boast why because you and I the same world that says you can do everything and then you're nothing. It says, no, no, no. For you are his worksmanship. You were created, not just happenstance, you were created for good works. That God even prepared beforehand that you should simply walk in them. Accepting what God has done, his gospel is foundational because There is another fact that God cares about so lovingly. He tells us right now, I need you to accept that you're in a battle. That there is a war going on amongst you. And as we jump a little bit forward and we look at his warning, we have not only our position that has been changed forever in Christ, we now have our practice knowing that we will not do it in our own strength. We have, finally, my brethren, he proclaims, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Do what he has. Put on his armor. He's provided everything for us. Why? Because the schemes, the walls of the devil, they're coming against you. I've shared before, we are not battling against your spouse, your kids, your coworkers. It's not this flesh and blood. It's against, as it says here, principalities, darkness, rulers of this age. However, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil way, having done all to stand. That is the accept. Can I accept what God has given me, what God has done for me, The ultimate love of becoming a believer and saving me and changing my eternal position forever. That is what Christianity is all about. The second part, can we accept that we're truly in a battle? But the next part after we accept is love. Can we walk this out in love? I still remember Mark's words reverberating when he said, they will know your mind By your what for one another? Love for one another. They will know that we are part of the body of Christ. We are brothers and sisters by our love for one another. And I'd ask this right now in this world that is often chaos. You're being challenged at every part. And it's so easy to just step back to, I don't want to be offended or offend. But instead, can we not lose heart as we attempt to comprehend the love of Christ? Our outflow comes forth from this. I love the part when it says, as I already quoted, for this reason I bow my knees. I'm going to jump forward and not read all the exact, but I'd ask us to think about this that as he talks to us, that we may be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. My prayer for you also is what Paul prayed, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, that we can comprehend how much God loves us. And at the second part of this, that we have everything we need It's called the fullness of God. He has done everything for us. Can we love others as he has loved us? Engage. Accept. Love. Engage. And you know what? This is the hard thing. It says, find out what is acceptable to the Lord. For it. Me, Brian, you, Paul's writing, all of us were once in darkness, but now we are the light of the world. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is goodness and righteousness and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Our walk in Christ, and I'm going to go backwards from what Mark shared with us. When we walk in Christ, we proclaim the gospel. Paul says that our lives are written epistles. When people see our faces, they see something different. And I would ask that that walk, that we consciously think about that, of what Christ has done, when we start to fathom that, and we start to engage our world, we start to walk together as believers. When we sing the praise songs, one, I was, I was just so thankful Because God has blessed us with some amazing musicians who volunteer their time and their talents and even their treasures to serve us as we proclaim together God's wonder. The last part is pray. And I think this is how so critical in finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Because I would ask us to reshift what we think prayer is. Prayer is not just a one way, hold the button, next tell. It is that two way communication. And as we listen, we'll come and engage as we're talking to the Creator of the universe who wants to spend time with you in prayer. As He cares for your every thought, your every need, that we would listen and we would be transformed in light and His love. The R is respond. Respond. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Another way is to awaken. I'm going to read Ephesians 5. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. But rather expose them. I'm going to jump a little bit forward. Awake you who sleep. Arise from the dead. And Christ will give you light. See that you work circumspectly. That means focused, aware of your complete surroundings, that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Give thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another in the fear of God. That's a hard one as believers. Give thanks to God for all things. Mark challenges about, maybe about two months ago. Is there something that you've been holding that you can't say thank you God even for that affliction, even for that challenge? I don't think God's as concerned with how we feel as who we are. Because who we are, when we know who that is in Christ, when we understand our position, our practice will flow and we'll see life and liberty. This has been a rough couple months. Cognitively, whatever. It's been a great couple months because maybe... For the first time we can truly give God glory in all things I've had the privilege of sharing with some of you some of the some of the struggles and I know each and everyone each of you some of you are having struggles and I'd ask us as we respond that we can go forward there's three Christians that I want to give an analogy to one of them is unruly and I failed Even some of you, sometimes they say, "When all you have is a hammer, everything looks like like a nail." But the unruly, maybe there's something in your life where you know that you got to go on. You know it's hurting you, and in Christ, you know He says, "Hey, confront that in love." There's another believer. There's the faint-hearted. He's hurting. She's hurting. It hasn't been removed. She's prayed more than three times, seven times, seventy-seven praying, asking God, please, please change this, please change that. And you know what? The faint-hearted need—they don't need a poke in the chest. Sometimes the unruly, we've got to pop in the chest a little bit. But you know what? The faint-hearted need hope, and hope is Jesus Christ. The fact that I can't do it, he can. There's a last part that I would ask you to go to. And that person is, they call it weak. But really weak, think of it instead of weak as not knowing. And sometimes we don't know which way to go. And the only thing I can tell you for that, that person needs to be, I'm gonna use this word, taught. Taught. And the word of God is the only compass that will keep us from left and right it will keep us to where we will have peace it'll keep us from stumbling over and over again I would challenge any of us unruly faint-hearted, and weak to look to God's word his truth that will never change that doesn't just go left, go right. The last part is trust. And here's how we'll finish. God's told us we're in a battle. If someone told you you knew you were in battle, what would you do? Battle coming up, you'd start training, right? You'd start preparing. And he's already told us how to do that and told us how to do the fight. And in order to be able to stand in that day, It's not our own strength. He tells us this. Finally, my brethren, finally, my brothers, my sisters, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. As he goes forward, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. He goes on to say, stand, stand. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance, in supplication for all the saints and for me that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of God. I would ask us to look at that verse because um, on Sunday mornings we come with a, a group of guys and we have just an amazing Bible study and I appreciate some of the men stepping up and leading that now and just doing an amazing job. But that I didn't realize and I've read Ephesians numerous that Paul tells us in the end God's trustworthy if we can go with it but you know Paul same person who was blinded by light who saw the incarnate Christ who was taken up to heaven and actually saw a little bit of what heaven looks like the same individual that God used to write two thirds of the New Testament you know what Paul did an example for us to also do? He said, pray for all the saints, and there's some saints I'm praying for, especially this week. Pray for all the saints. Also pray for me, please. Pray for me. As the band comes up to finish as we worship, the most important thing I'm going to ask you today is do you need prayer do you need someone to come on your left and your right and help gird you up because if it's getting hard to stand if you feel like you're being overwhelmed by the just the world they call it the schemes that are coming about I would ask you to take heart because one our Heavenly Father has warned us that this is a battle we're in, but He's not left us insufficiently equipped. Instead, He has provided everything we could ever need not to exist, but to thrive in Christ. I would ask you, as Paul said, to pray, pray for. All the brothers, and also pray for him. We're going to have individuals to the left and right. Find us because we want to pray for you today. If you don't know what I'm talking about when you start talking about this unfair advantage, quote, that who it is that we've accepted in Christ as the gospel, please let any one of us clarify that. And from our brothers and sisters, we' in the battle, who are walking in love, who are responding to the Spirit in love and truth. I lift you up and commend you to the only one who can keep us safe. Let us pray. Dimly Father, we are so thankful that one we are not alone, we're not unequipped. We're not overwhelmed. But instead, dear Lord, I pray that we start to comprehend this great love that which you loved us. That we would see our mission is not just to exist, but it is to love a world that desperately needs to know and have hope. Dear God, empower your sons, your daughters my brothers, my sisters, to live the life of Christ that gives you the glory and us joy. It is in your precious son's name, Jesus Christ, we so faithfully trust and obey. Amen.